a solid marketing plan where really you're looking at like who is the target audience and you know it's too easy to say everybody or it's too easy to say in our case pig farmers well there's a lot of different types and locations and ways they produce and are they integrated are they independent so there's lots of nuance within your target audience Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the WiseNetics podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm the head of sales with WiseNetics. And today with me, I've got Rob Hannum with Farm Health Guardian. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm great, Daryl. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, hello, everyone. Hey, no, no problem. So happy to have you here. Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and, and a little bit about what you guys do at Farm Health Guardian? Great. Well, I've got two jobs. Uh, the The one that uses up uh, most of my time right now is Farm Health Guardian. So I lead the team there. We are in the livestock sector. We're helping um, farmers and food companies to improve biosecurity. And our focus is swine and poultry. And we're providing a digital biosecurity solution. So we're uh, like a tech startup company and uh, just working to help pig and poultry farmers and the food companies they serve to improve biosecurity and reduce the risk of disease spread. In addition to that, I got another uh, business venture I'm involved with called Synthesis. Synthesis is a, a marketing and communications agency. We do some consulting work as well. And that business is uh, 14 years old. Uh, we're based in Guelph, Ontario in Canada. Oh, wow. Awesome. Was, uh, was Farm Health kind of a, a, a jump off from Synthesis or just two separate things? Yeah, they're, they're separate, but... Uh, using sort of maybe, you know, some of the power of synthesis in the background for our marketing. But uh, Farm Health Guardian, we launched the, the, the software and the company in 2020. Uh, so it's new. We've been around for three years now and, uh, and just sort of getting our technology proven and trying to get a few customers uh, every few months and, and just build it from there. Awesome. Awesome. I'm, I'm loving watching tech come into the ag industry here. I'm a big tech fan. I come from tech. Um, so very exciting what you guys are doing at Farm Health. Um, more about you, though. What would you say are your top three achievements, Rob? And uh, what did you learn from those experiences? Top three achievements? I don't know. That's a big question. Um, on a bit from the business standpoint, two things come to mind. So synthesis is, as I just mentioned, 14 years old. So I started the company in 2009 and it's still going. So to me, that's a, a big, uh, I take it as a big accomplishment. I'm very proud of that. Uh, there's 15 team members that, that show up every day and, and work for our clients. Uh, and that's, that's a good feeling. So that's a, a big accomplishment. Recently on Farm Health Guardian, we had a major milestone as well where we amalgamated. So we're, we were based in Canada uh, and there was another company working on biosecurity and that company is called Novtech. They're based in Omaha, Nebraska. And, and we actually amalgamated together into one common business and that's been fantastic. So that's just recent. It happened in June of this year. That's a major accomplishment for us anyway, just to be able to actually merge two startups together and now we're stronger, stronger products, stronger team, um, and we can better serve customers. So th those are the two business, you know, achievements really, I guess, that come to mind right away. Sure. No, I would, uh, I'd agree with you there. One, to keep a business running is accomplishment on its own, definitely an achievement. And to go through a merger and come out 
stronger and, and at better position is also a major achievement. Um, kind of switching gears just a little bit before mm-hmm. we dive into more kind of businessy stuff. What would your parents say uh, or describe about what you do for work? Yeah, good, good question. Uh, I think with those of us who work in an office, it's often hard to explain like, what do you do? Um, but with the marketing group, uh, there's some visual elements, right? So if I was to ask my dad, he'd like, he knows I work on software stuff, but some of the things he would see would be brochures and websites. So my dad would likely say, yeah, he's uh, working on software, trying to get that going. He's talking to investors all the time. And what what do they do? They build websites and they do brochures. So that would be my <laughs> quick answer. <laughs> I love that. I also love how surface level everybody's parents' answer is. It's just like, we know just a little bit and the deep part, you know, mine would probably say I just talk to people. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I get that. Moving into more marketing questions, especially since, you know, you come from that. What are some essential tactics that are in your toolbox that you probably started with and still use today? Yeah. When you think of marketing tactics, your mind goes everywhere. There's all kinds of things. There's, there's digital tactics that we're all, you know, trying out and experimenting with, but I'm going to come back to say like planning and messaging, and that's boring, but let me just back into like why I think that's important. So started off my career, uh, privately owned, like small business. Uh, my next stage of my career, I worked for a larger company, um, a few years in Canada, where I'm based now and live, and a few years in the U.S., in the Midwest. Um, so in a, in a bigger company, you've got a lot more process. So I learned, you know, early on in marketing, you know, how to get things done. When in a bigger company context, as part of a marketing team or a sales team, we had a lot of planning. I moved from there to work at a marketing agency and I really got addicted to like learning different businesses. We would work with different clients all the time. I might have 10 clients that I work with over a year. And one of the core functions of an agency is to do planning with the clients. And that's really stuck with me. So a a solid marketing plan where really you're looking at like, who is the target audience and you know, it's too easy to say everybody, or it's too easy to say, in our case, pig farmers. Well, there's a lot of different types and locations and ways they produce. And are they integrated? Are they independent? So there's lots of nuance within your target audience. So, but that act of planning is like a huge thing for me and for our teams. And we kind of got there because we've worked in with a marketing team doing different client works where we, we have to do that. But that certainly helped us be more effective with Farm Health Guardian and frankly helped us save money. Um, there's lots of times where people are doing marketing or advertising, not really being clear on the purpose, not clear on the audience, and it usually isn't effective. It ends up, it might increase your brand awareness, but it probably isn't an effective campaign. We'll hold back and wait. If we're not clear on the message yet, or we're not clear on what the customers love about it, we'll just hold off until we are clearer and we can know that that dollar investment, whether it's in a trade show or whether it's in, you know, a digital tactic or a banner ad or something like that till we know it's going to be effective for us. So we'd rather not spend than just, you know, shotgun approach. Planning helps us get there. The second thing I mentioned was messaging. And similarly, um, just that thought through 
what are the messages and being an ag tech company like when i started my career it was sort of features and benefits features and benefits as we focused on but the way i think about it now is like the feature and the function how it works and then the benefit or outcome for the and that's not a new concept if you google feature function benefit there's all kinds of white papers on it but that's how i'm trying to think about messaging and get clearer not just here's a cool feature and what it does but why it's important to you and what the what how does it make your life better how does it make your business better sure i mean that's like i'm trying to soak up what you're saying i could spend this entire hour picking your brain on marketing um, <laughs> i really loved what you said about planning and having restraint to kind of hold back if you weren't completely sure on where to go with it as far as like your target um and you said that's pretty much saved you at farm health at least uh, some money yeah and we're a small company we don't have a lot to invest we're not it's not a huge campaign so it would apply for a big company that's got an annual marketing campaign but when you're small and scrappy and trying to start up and you've really got to spend every dollar wisely and and we'll just hold back if we're not clear and i'll have media folks whether it's you know digital publications or events like they're calling hey are you going to sponsor hey you're going to place some ads and the answer is no until we really know exactly what the fit is and then we might do something really targeted for that you know a certain geography or a certain target or a time of year or like a blitz campaign for two months or something uh, but just try to be really specific and and not spend as much as we do you know spend or invest Okay. That's, I, I love the kind of the, the insight there. And, and especially, you know, we're also a scrappy startup and, and we view it in a very similar way. Every dollar has to count and, and has to have a purpose, frankly. Right. Yeah. Um, kind of in that same vein, you know, to us, you know, marketing a little bit is content as well. So do you think producing and sharing technical content is important as you position like farm health, for example? Yeah. Now, it, um, so technical content, I guess where I'm going to go with that one is on is to science communications. And that's not specifically a fit for Farm Health Guardian. We're an ag tech company. But when mm -hmm. I step back in agriculture, a lot of the products and services or a lot of what we're trying to communicate, whether it's to consumers about how food is produced or whether it's to farmers and agronomists and veterinarians about you know the products or services that are you know that suppliers are bringing forward a lot of it is science communication and i guess from from that standpoint we've developed a bit of a framework um where we you know in terms of thinking about it so science communication is huge for for farming and agriculture and to do it well the first thing i would say is make it trustworthy uh so when i think of of people bringing forward research programs or data um too, too often I see, you know, the company A, their test plot data or their feed nutrition study shows them as the best. And then company B, they've got like five trials where they're, they're the best. Well, who do you believe? And so I think companies really need to take the long-term approach and make sure the data they're sharing is trustworthy, that it's balanced, it's factual, it's backed up by some maybe independent scientific studies, but most importantly, you're really transparent. Like here's where the data came from. Here's how many trials it was. And let, you know, farmers are smart people. So they, they want the actual answer 
They take risk in their business every day. They know that your product isn't perfect. They just want to know, you know, what does work and how often didn't it work and what are my chances that it's going to help me? If your data is like so good, it looks amazing. And then your competitors have their data that looks so amazing. I don't think we're doing anybody any favor. So that's the first thing in science communication is just really making sure it's, it's uh, trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Further on that, it's got to be clear. So tell a clear story. So simple words, we often catch ourselves, you know, ourselves included using jargon. And if you were in a hog barn at the slat level, as they say, would you use those same words with the workers in the barn? Maybe not. So why are you using it in your website or brochure? And so that's always something we try and check. It's like, is the terminology the words we're using right there's an example terminology what i meant to say is are the words clear uh and then a stepwise approach we live with our our product or our research project or this you know whatever it is we're trying to promote or you know convey we're so deep in the weeds we forgot the first three steps and then we go to you know share it as part of a speech or a news release or to a reporter or to a customer, we forget they haven't looked at it as often as we have. You've got to start back at the beginning, but then quickly sort of be able to move in a stepwise approach, like start it, you know, put it in context, um, make it clear and simple. And then as they show interest or ask a clarifying question, then you can go to the next level of data. If you dump it all out there, you may not, people might just glaze over and not be interested or not see it as relevant. If you back up a step and go a little slower and then kind of work into it from a stepwise approach, you'll likely be more successful. The final one is just about making it relevant. So that's the three sort of pillars, trustworthy, clear story, and relevant. And to make it relevant, you need to try and simplify, maybe use a metaphor to, to compare your new concept to something they already know. To, you're trying to make the unfamiliar familiar and and that's you know is it relevant at the right time are they listening for that kind of information whether it's time of day or time of year to be sharing that message so that's um all of that is so well thought out and relevant to not just business but but life um especially the you know bringing it into words that everybody can understand. And then if you need to take the step approach and, and work up from there, you can. Um, I, I love your insight on that. Um, and again, I could probably pick your brain for an hour or two just on these subjects. <laughs> yeah, just it's common sense stuff. But we were specialists in our job or in our, with our company or our product. And we, we and sometimes we're um, if you're a researcher or an academic or, you know, a veterinarian, they, they handle complex sets of data and information, and they're always taking in all this complex information. Um, but they also have to be able to sort of turn that around and communicate it to every farm manager or barn supervisor uh, that they're working with. So that's, they're, they're doing that naturally sort of all day. And, and we need as marketers or, or salespeople, we need to do the same thing. I, I agree a hundred percent. As I like to tell, my teenagers, you know, if you know it, you can explain it to me like I'm a three-year-old. Give, give yeah. it to me. <laughs> there, was a, there was a book um, that, that helped me sort of crystallize that called Smart Brevity. 
Um, and I bought the book and I listened to the audio book. And it's just like, you know, the way we consume content today, we're all so busy. And you've only got a few seconds to catch someone's mind. So just following that smart brevity sort of format where you've got a really clear but simple headline, your opening sentence is great, and then bullet points. I'm a bullet point guy, right? So, you know, just keep it quick uh, with, you know, if, sorry, if Martim is sending me something by email, like the, the headline better be good because there's a lot of email that come in and I – I can't read them all. So, so you're, you know, just smart brevity was the book. Uh, I, I recommend it. Jim Vandehei. Yes. Uh, there's a company. I don't, there's a couple of different authors as well in that group. Yeah. I gotcha. I looked it up. I, apparently I get a lot of uh, book references here and uh, my collection is growing, <laughs> There you go. but I, I'm going to order it uh, later today. I, I appreciate that. Um, and you're right with, especially emails. Um, you don't want to look like everybody else. Otherwise, you're not going to open it. <clears throat> yeah. And it, so it's got to be strong. So kind of moving away from business overall and more into more of a, a personal type role or a singular role, what would you say is an important trait, um, either personality or strength, that someone really would need to be successful in, in your position? Oh, great. Um, well, I've got several positions, but what, what I'll focus on is, is leading a startup. So I've been, I feel really lucky to be in agriculture my career. Um, and I feel really lucky having started up, you know, launched Farm Health Guardian in 2020. There's all kinds of incubators or accelerators or mentors or programs and groups that help, you know, new companies get started. So in terms of leading an ag tech startup, if I can call it that, I, I would say communications is the most important trait. So uh, when I look at other startups, oftentimes there's two people uh, that have led a startup, co-founders, they would call it. Um, oftentimes one person's like the business person and one person's the, the software developer or the research person or the technical person. But if, if both of the, well, you know, at least one of those needs to be a fantastic communicator when the, the audiences you're communicating to, number one is your customers. You're trying to, you know, get business and explain your concept and, and have a, you know, communicate well with customers. Number two is with your team. So you're trying to attract employees, right? Getting team members to take a risk and join a startup company. Well, you've got to be a good communicator to get them on board, know when to share information that will help them do their job. Um, and when it's something you should keep in your mind because it would freak them out if they knew. So just the, the right balance on communication. And then you've got investors. And those are three very different audiences, right? Whether you're customers, employees, or team members, and investors, you've got to be a good communicator. And if you are you know, the best software developer, you may still may not be successful if you can't communicate. If you're the best researcher and your science or your tech is amazing, it may not see the light of day if you can't communicate with, you know, with those three groups. That's, um, I can think of a few companies off the back of my mind that suffered from that dilemma. I don't think it's too rare, but communication, I, I love the answer for it. Kind of within that exact same subject, what's one piece of advice that you would give someone starting out in, say, ag tech? Um, do your homework and then just try it. 
So I've had a couple of, you know, businesses. So lucky in my career, worked at a small company, worked at a big company. That's awesome. You learn discipline and you learn, you know, different things from both settings. And since then I've had my own business and I've tried a couple of business ventures and some have failed. (laughs) Um, And I've got a couple of successes and some wins as well. So every time I've started something, whether it's gone well or not gone well, I always wish I'd done it sooner. So that's my, so I would say, just do it, but don't just do it. If you haven't done your homework, right? Don't give up the day job until you really know your side hustle is going to work or don't leave the, the company that's, you know, that you're at until you've done a bit of homework before you start up something new. But, but once you've done your homework, then just try it. Like there's, there's lots of opportunity in the agriculture and food sector. If things didn't turn out, there's a whole bunch of learning you would have in terms of starting your own business that you can apply at your next, your next job. So, um, yeah, that's my advice. Do some homework and then just try it. Do some homework, jump into the pan. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Would you say starting your own business, um, gives you a lot of experience? Maybe you wouldn't have had otherwise it it just rolls it all together right like <laughs> it just all the time so i, I kind of love i love it um very you know proud of what we've accomplished as a team um if as you rise up in a company uh then you get different experiences as well and having your own business you just do that all at once right so you're fixing something in the bookkeeping one minute and you're you know, doing a major customer meeting, um, you know, the next, you know, in half an hour. So you're jumping all around. Uh, you've got to like that sort of pace. Um, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I I enjoy it. You're the janitor fixer, all the hats all at once. Yeah, totally. Totally. (laughs) That, that, That goes, that goes for a certain amount of time, right? You, yeah, you, it's also, I see it sort of like one, three, nine or more. Like you can start off as one person, the next sort of level is when you've got three people and that's, you know, you've got to communicate more. You've got to have a few more processes. You got to make sure you're doing some meetings or some standups. So all three of you are on the same page and that goes until you're at about nine people. And once you're over nine, again, you got to change your processes. You got to communicate differently. Uh, it's it, you won't see everybody every day likely. So, you know, having some role descriptions and goals. Uh, we use OKRs, um, objectives and key results as a way to keep everybody knowing what their goals are for this quarter and sharing that with the rest of the team. So that, that those things come as you grow the business. Sure. No, that that's awesome. I, I'm, I love the three, six, nine. Um, it's going to give me a lot to think about. You had mentioned one book already. Are there two other books that you would recommend to the audience and why? Yeah. Um, so I just mentioned OKRs, objectives and key results. And that concept is, is common, I think, in the tech world. Uh, and there's a, you know, there's a million people say yes to that. And some people say no to that. The book is Measure What Matters, John Doerr. So D-O-E-R, I think. Uh, measure What Matters. Awesome, awesome book. Uh, I, I re-list, I've got the audio book, to be honest, uh, as opposed to reading it, but I re-listen to it every couple of years. It's not a new book, but the concept of just measuring what matters. Um, and it's been a successful process for, for us to use. The other book 
is a newer one that I just heard of this year, and it's called Thinking in Bets, Annie Duke. And again, I got the audio book and listened through it. Um, but Thinking in Bets was a cool way. So she is a poker player, a very accomplished winning poker player. A poker player makes all kinds of decisions, like hundreds of decisions within a poker game. And there's sort of a skill element and there's a luck element. And she's great at, at saying, well, maybe you got lucky in one, but she really helps you kind of analyze like the, making the best choice um, and on the factors, on the information you have at, at hand. And I think in business today, like the person who wins makes the best choice on the least amount of information, right? Things are speeding up. We're all forced mm -hmm. to make changes. And if we study everything to death, we'll never decide. So you've got to make quick choices. Whoever makes the best choice on the least amount of information is the one who wins. So thinking in bets, Annie Duke recommended. Awesome. I just want to let you know, you expended my reading list by three books. There so. you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've got a backup, but uh, I, you're 100% right on the, the speed of information now and making the right decision with the least amount is going to put you that step ahead because um, speed to market is a big thing. Um, yeah, speed in anything like with, with your software development for, for us, for example, like we could be developing a feature for a long time. And if, you know, if there's a roadblock or the customer loses interest, do we keep going or do we pull the pin and move to something different? And the, the longer we stretch out those choices, the worse it usually is. For sure. Kind of building off the books as another thing, since you listen to the books, is there a podcast or a resource about business or, or marketing that you'd recommend to the audience? Uh, I do like podcasts in the swine sector. There's lots of good podcasts and, and you guys have one swine it. Um, I do. Uh, I, there's a whole bunch of great podcasts out there to learn about agriculture. If you're switching into a new sector, whether it's vegetables or crops or livestock, there's a ton of podcasts. You can just use your drive time to learn about your sector. Um, I like learning about tech. One of the ones I guess what I'd recommend is called Hard Fork. It's a New York Times podcast. It's two tech reporters, and they just break down things like chat GPT or um, what's going on with Amazon or artificial intelligence or, you know, anything tech related. And so I like it. And it's, it's funny and fun. So Hard Fork uh, New York Times is the podcast I, I would recommend. Awesome. Thank you for that recommendation. I, I'll probably check it out myself. I, I like tech as well. And I don't know how I haven't run into this, uh, probably because my tech doesn't go here, but we do a lot of work in AI, especially helping us kind of bridge ideas sometimes. And uh, it's interesting to see everybody else, what they're doing in that. Yeah. It's not a super technical podcast, which is why I like it. Uh, it's more mm -hmm. high level about like the future of AI or how it might be used. Ooh. But then they'll go to Twitter <laughs> and talk about Elon Musk stuff for a while. Uh, so <laughs> it's more general tech news. Um, but I enjoy it. I listen every week. Awesome. Awesome. And so it comes out weekly. That's yeah. good to know. Yeah. So you've given me four things that I'm going to add to my list here. Rob. Well, um, you, must add, you must add stuff every every week. I, I do. That's why I'm, I have to start looking at a new bookshelf because it's going to fill up pretty quickly here. I like, uh, I like to learn. What can I say? So, mm -hmm. Me too. Um, 
what it's a great that is a great uh trait to have as well uh always willing to learn but um what is the best compliment that you have ever gotten rob um the best compliment well the one i i'm going to stick with business stuff for this podcast here when i think of a business con compliment like the biggest one for me is when an employee a team member refers their friend or refers someone they know to a job opening you've got so i've had a great young man uh, michael black is his name he's worked with me for 10 years or more and uh we had a job opening with farm health guardian and he flipped the job opening posting to his brother and said hey you should consider this and to me that's the ultimate compliment when you've got someone that that's on your team and they're willing to recommend um you know someone they know and like to come and work there as well i take that as a huge compliment quite proud of that so there's my there's my answer when employees refer their friends to work at your business um that's a compliment yeah and and you should take it as a big compliment because there's lots of people who won't do that. And if they do, it means they really like where they are. Yeah. So kind of closing out here, Rob, uh, where can listeners find you and Farm Health Guardian online? Yeah. FarmHealthGuardian.com is the website. Uh, we've got a YouTube page which a bunch of, with a bunch of explainer videos. So on YouTube, it's just Farm Health Guardian on, uh, or FarmHealthGuardian.com. For me, LinkedIn is where I'm at. I, I'm kind of focused on LinkedIn as as the plat the social media platform that I use for business. Uh, so last name is Hanum, H A N as in Nancy, N A M as in Mary, Rob Hanum uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, send me a note if you enjoyed the podcast today or you're curious about uh, you know the things I've shared. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Wisenetics podcast here, Rob. Um, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Daryl. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem. Take care, and listeners, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great one.